And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Monday. Casey Gisclair here starting off our week in stride. We hope everybody's having a wonderful start to their day. We've got a whole lot of things to talk with you all about today during the course of our 90-minute show. In the next segment of our 90-minute show, we're going to be chatting with Brian Colley of South Lafouche High School. We'll be talking with the coach about Everything that'll be happening at South Lafouche over the next week or so. We look forward to chatting with Brian about that. Um, We've also got Josh Smith of HL Bourgeois Baseball who will be coming on and talking with us about some things happening over at the reservation as, boy, baseball season is roaring into high gear. And we've got so many local teams that are off to just such a great start to the season. So we'll chat with Coach Smith about that in the next segment of the show. Um, or excuse me, at noon, rather. Coach Colley at 11.45, Josh Smith at noon. Then we'll talk college basketball. We'll talk professional basketball. The Pelicans fell on their behinds again. We'll talk um, women's basketball at LSU. Nichols got a big win. We've got our W's and our L's. And who knows what else we'll get to in the second hour of the show. But first, we've got to lead off letting you guys know how the local basketball teams fared in the state playoffs. Uh, so we lead off boys basketball division one, non-select. Hanville gets a seventy to forty-seven win over Hammond. They punch a ticket to the next round where they'll take on a Wachita Parish in a five versus twelve matchup. But number twelve Hanville moves on, and they move to the second round. Kudos to the Hanville Tigers for punching that ticket forward. Also, division one non-select, a game that you were able to hear right here on KLEB. Santamont gets an 86-43 win over South Lafouche. The Gators made 16 three-pointers. Um, you can't contend with that, man. They got hot in the second half. They got rolling. They started firing shots up. They were not missing. Santamont showed why they're one of the better teams in the bracket. They get a big 40-plus point win over South Lafouche, ending their season. Tarpons were still without Brandon Daniels. He um, After the incident at Vanderbilt, just never went back. So <clears throat> they were shorthanded to begin with, had a couple of other players who were not in the lineup, and it was a tough day outing the Gonzalez area for the Tarpons who uh, struggled and were not able to make anything happen in the second half against the Gators. Also, in that same bracket, we had East St. John get a 47-37 to win over Terrebonne, <clears throat> ending Terrebonne's season. That was a very... Um, I don't know, man, just a strange ending to the Terrebonne season. So much promise, so much hope, such a great start to the year, and then they just end the season kind of flat, right? They end the season losing five out of their last seven games um, and just never were able to find that same momentum that they had when they beat Ellender twice. Never able to find that same momentum as when they beat Hanville at home or you know, any of the other really good wins that they had throughout the course of the year. So Terrebonne ends their season, but that doesn't change the fact that it was an amazing season for Coach Brandon Brown in year one. They got a whole lot accomplished, had a whole lot of success, and hopefully they'll take some of that momentum into the offseason and keep pushing forward. Division two non-select is where we see that there is one local team that moved forward and another local team bowed out. The local team that moved forward is Lutcher. They get a 56-54 win over Broadmoor in overtime. Lutcher's the number 15 seed in that bracket. 
They'll now move on and take on Iowa, who's the number two seed in the bracket. That game will be tomorrow. Looking at Iowa's resume, I mean, they've got some good wins. They're number two for a reason. You don't just accidentally become the number two seed in the bracket. So they're really good. It's going to be a big test for Lutcher. But I was extremely impressed and thought that Lutcher was incredible when I saw them. So I got a feeling that one may be closer than what people realize. On the other end of the bracket, you got Opelousas, the 13th seed. They put Ellender out 55-51. to 51. So Ellender goes out after the opening round. Probably the first time in a long time that the Ellender boys don't actually win an opening round playoff game. We had Cornell Scott on the sports corner on Saturday morning, and he told us they were down 20-plus, came storming back, cut it to one, but Opelousas pulled away late, separated, and they get the victory. They're going to move on to take on Bozier in the second round. But congratulations to Ellender for a great year. Um, now we move on to Division Two Select. That's where Vanderbilt Catholic roams. They had an opening round bye. They'll take on Northside. The number 13 seed Northside gets a victory on Friday, 61-58 to over Booker T. Washington of Shreveport. <clears throat> so now Tuesday night, tomorrow, it'll be Vanderbilt and Northside in the second round. <clears throat> Northside is a program that historically is in the playoffs, historically makes runs, historically you know goes deep into the playoffs. So it'll be a big challenge for Vanderbilt tomorrow because, look, uh, if you look at the, the Northside schedule, they have played the best of the best in Louisiana and at times have had some promising results. If you lose to New Iberia, which is the number one seed in Division One, and you only lose to them by two, 67 to 65, you're a good basketball team. If you play um, East Ascension, which is really good, and lose by three, you're a good basketball team. If you play George Washington Carver and beat them by five, you're a good basketball team. And those are all things that Northside has done during the course of the year. So for folks who are expecting Vanderbilt boys to do like the Vanderbilt girls and just win by 35, 40 points and to be running time, Don't expect that. This is going to be a very competitive game where both teams, I think, are going to have a chance to win in the second half, Northside and Vanderbilt tomorrow. (coughs) Excuse me. Goodness, choked on my own saliva. E.D. White gets a 40-36 win over Bunky in the opening round. They'll take on Madison Prep in the second round. E.D. White um, is the 17th seed. They go on the road and beat Bunky by four. And now they'll take on Madison Prep in the second round. Madison Prep is the number one seed. There are a lot of folks that think that Madison Prep is the best team in Louisiana any classification. So that'll be an extremely tall task for uh, the Cardinals going on the road taking on Madison Prep. But, you know, that's why you play the game. Who knows? Who knows what may happen on any given night in the Louisiana High School State playoffs. We go to Division Four. That's where the last local team will reside. That is Central Catholic of Morgan City. They had an opening round bye. They'll take on Ascension Catholic on Tuesday at 7 in the second round. That'll be a 6 versus 11 matchup. Ascension Catholic beats Sacred Heart 65-53 to in the opening round. So it'll be a big challenge for the Eagles, but they'll be at home playing before their home crowd. And uh, it should be a really fun night for the Eagles to try to punch that ticket. Now, Reminder before our break, we do still have girls basketball teams that are still competing for the state championships. Um, We've got a couple of teams that are still 
in position who have made the top 28. In Division Two Select, Vanderbilt is still alive. They'll be playing Wednesday at 445 against St. Louis. Vanderbilt got a 66-14 win over Buckeye. St. Louis beat De La Salle 70-45. And then we've also got, in Division Four Select, Central Catholic of Morgan City, who's punched that ticket. They play tomorrow at 3 against Southern Labs. So you got Central Catholic still pushing. you got Vanderbilt still pushing. And hopefully we'll see a local team cut down the nets. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to Brian Colley, South Lafourche High School Athletic Director. We'll be chatting with him about everything going on over in Tarpon It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Hi, my name is Reggie Ledet. I am running for the Greater Lafourche Port Commission, CE. I'm number one on the ballot. With 31 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, from the drilling rigs in the Gulf of Mexico to managing one of the largest shore bases in Port Fouchon, I am a proven leader and focused on our future. I humbly ask you, my constituents of the 10th Ward, for your vote on March 25th with early voting beginning March 11th through the 18th, paid for by the Regular Day Campaign Fund. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities to begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trowlers. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Here's Daily Hope with Pastor Rick Warren. Did you know that in this book, the Bible, there are over 7,000 promises from God to you? If you want to be a man of faith, if you want to be a woman of faith, you need to become a promised person. You need to know these promises. You need to write some of them down on cards. You need to memorize them so that when you're starting to feel overwhelmed, you can remember, oh yeah, but God has promised. and you can say it and so what he does is he said God I know who you are you're a big God and God I know what you've done in the past you've helped me through all my other tough times and God you've promised to take care of me in the future I'm asking you to do what you'll say you do keep your promise fulfill your character I'm gonna focus on you hear more from Rick Warren at pastorrick.com
Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Gisler here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have our old pal, South Lafouche Athletic Director Coach Brian Colley on the line. Coach, good morning, man. How are we doing today? Good morning. Doing well. Hope you're doing well. Coach, uh, it was a very uh, interesting weekend. A lot of high school basketball, a lot of fun results from around the state. The Tarpons fell flat, could not convert against Santamont, and had a rough second half. But boy, Santamont was shooting the daylights out of the basketball, brother. What were your thoughts as you were watching that play out? I think the Tarpons started the game off as, as strong as they could have, uh, you know, considering the circumstances that they were in. And uh, they played hard, and down 10 at half, but. Uh, when you look at it, Santa Monica missed a ton of shots uh, in the paint, outside. But when they settled down in that second half and when they got going, that was a, a tough train to stop. And they were shooting a lot of uncontested three-point shots. They were very comfortable in their offensive set. And when you leave a Santa Monica team comfortable together, if you allow them to get comfortable in their offensive set, they can, they can make you pay for it. And, and they did. They had a, enough transition game. Uh, enough pressure on the guards to uh, cause a little bit of turnovers, and came out with a uh, you know away with a big victory. Sixteen made threes, man. That's a ton. You don't see that in high school very often. Look, you're playing a 32 minute game, so that's every two minutes they're making a three. Uh, that just is so, so deflating. And considering the fact that, as you said earlier, really in the first quarter they struggled from the field, did most of their damage in the really last two and a half quarters. When that train gets rolling, as you said a minute ago, it's hard to slow down. Yeah, you know, the, the saying, you live and die by the three, and that's what was happening. First half, they didn't make, uh, you know, as many, but in the second half, they did. And uh, Crockett came down floor a couple of times, and he he took two, three dribbles maybe past midcourt and put up a three. And I looked at Coach uh, Uzi, and he, I mean, didn't flinch. I mean, he missed the shot, and he didn't. That's part of their offense. Uh, and he said it. They're gonna shoot a lot of threes. They work on it. And look, when they uh, when they on, when they hit, it's tough to stop. And uh, just when they're gonna miss, it, it, it'll be tough for them. But they were not missing that night for sure. Wraps up the career of a couple of seniors in the program. I believe they had two seniors dressed out on Friday. It's two young men that you have coached and that you're you're familiar with. Uh, that's always the thing that sucks the most about a year-ending man is is the finality of it ends the high school careers of players. Talk about you know Jacob and, and Hayden and if there's anybody else that I'm forgetting, uh, some two young men that are that had good careers on the basketball hardwood and some good young men, man. Yeah, very good uh, young men, outstanding young men for that matter. Uh, and uh, they uh they had a good season. You know, I, I was proud of the the way Jacob and Hayden both you know withstood. Uh, some things that went on during the year and showed a lot of character in those two guys. And I was going to carry them far in life. And, uh, look, they had great football seasons, both of them. And they carried over onto the basketball court. And I'm sure it's going to carry on to uh, the diamond when they play, uh, or, you know, baseball when they get into the groove. And just uh, some great kids. They play hard. They, they make things happen. And, look, Hayden is coming off of a, a year where he didn't play varsity as a junior and he uh he came as a uh, i'm sorry he didn't play any jv uh as a junior to get you know a little more experience he was just on the varsity level and he got a little bit playing time but uh from what what he did this year it's uh it was big i know he had a few turnovers here and there but he controlled the offense and he just played so hard and look uh that first half his shooting 
and his scoring uh, would allow them to have just a little halftime deficit, only 10 points. So let's talk about that. That's the next question that I was going to actually mention baseball a second ago. The question that has been asked to me in the community more than any other question is, well, you know, what do you think of the Tarpons? You know, you lose Ducey, you lose Conley, you lose, you know, Josh Pierce and Ducheremy and whatever player you want to list. And my answer would always be, you know, hey, I mean, I think they'll still be competitive. They'll play hard. But like, truthfully, I don't know how good they're going to be. Well, one weekend in, the results are promising. They go out to the Cecilia tournament and they win by 10-plus runs for three straight games. They beat Church Point, they beat St. Martinville, and they beat the host Cecilia. <clears throat> this Tarpons have been going to the Cecilia tournament for now several years. Even when they've had their best teams, they never, I don't believe, went 3-0 and out there. So, boy, it's a very promising start for Coach Chandler Guitros and his team rolling to 3-0 and and getting, really not getting challenged while they're in West Louisiana. Yeah, it is. You know, a great start. And we talked about this several times where these guys that are getting playing time now, last year they didn't because they had some seniors or some guys that were a little bit better than them that were in the lineup. And and you can't argue with that, but uh, they didn't get as much playing time. But they can play. They have confidence, and they're just getting their chance now. They've been plugged into that system, and, and they produce. And just, uh, you know, caution some people out there. Yeah, it's 3-0, and great start. But uh, early on, I'm not sure of the talent level that we've played in those three games so far. Time will tell. But uh, they're going to be challenged tomorrow night for sure at uh, Terrebonne. And you know what's crazy is, you know, last year we had a baseball year where South Terrebonne won it all, Vanderbilt won it all, CCA made a run, you know, the Tarpons made a run, Assumption made a run, and on and on and on. And the early results are now, look, odds are two teams from the area may not win the state championship again. But in the early returns, boy, the Tarpons are playing well. Central Lafouche takes two of three from CCA. Edie White sweeps Lafayette Christian. HL Bourgeois will have their coach on in the next segment. They're still undefeated. Terrebonne is playing well. Vanderbilt, you know, we know they're going to have a lot of talent. South Terrebonne sweeps Karen Crow. Like, up and down the area, we are loaded. It's crazy, Coach. We used to be a football area. We're not anymore. We are now firmly a baseball region of the state, man. It's crazy to see. It is, and it's exciting uh, at this point of the season, just knowing what could be out there in the future as far as baseball goes. And, look, what is it going to do for all our teams? Yeah, we might be beating up on each other and stuff, but when we're not playing these teams, they win it. And at the end of the day, it's your PowerPoints that matter. So I fully expect a lot of these local teams to get tons of PowerPoints from their their schedule points. And when it's all said and done, I think people in our area will be liking the results. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. It's unbelievable to see. Um, let's talk a little bit of some uh, some stuff outside of the area, man. I know Nichols gets a big win. LSU women's basketball got a big win. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Saints and the Pelicans, though. Uh, New Orleans is still flirting, trying to get a new quarterback in. You and I have talked about this at length. Um, do you think that there was, look, there are some reports now that New Orleans maybe isn't as interested in Derek Carr as they're leading on, and maybe they're trying to 
manipulate the market or whatever it may be. The longer this goes, do you think that that's still a realistic option? I mean, he visited New Orleans twice. He's now a free agent. Like, it feels like to me, if that was truly a match made in heaven, it would already be done. Do you think that that's still something that the Saints are seriously interested in, or do you think they're maybe going to look to go in a different direction? I, I think the longer this goes, they're going to be looking to go in a different direction. I mean, look, it, stop playing games. If it, if that's going to be your guy, get him now. I don't, I don't understand why he wants to wait and wait, I guess, for a higher bidder to come. But uh, it seems the reason if that's going to be your guy, get him in now so you can get started with a, uh, a new system on offense that you're going to have to learn. And uh, the offseason is big. And, you know, as soon as you can get these guys in, the better. But uh, I, I just I don't see it working out with Carr, and I'm uh, one of those that's Hopefully, hoping it uh, it doesn't work out with him. <laughs> Vanderbilt is still in the uh, chase for the state championship on the girls' side. They're at the top 28. They're two wins away. They're taking on St. Louis. And then if they're successful there, maybe Lafayette Christian, maybe someone else. You know, there's only four teams left, certainly. Coach Jawoski Coleman has such a luxury in that he's got a great team, but it's still an incredibly youthful team. Now, the one pitfall or the one you know negative i would say well they really haven't been challenged a whole lot in like the last month and a half or so and we do suspect that in the semis they will be curious to see how the terriers handle that but my goodness what a year for them going all the way to the top 28 again for a second straight year well you know at this point of the season you should be challenged uh you know with the teams that are going to be left and they're going to have their work cut out that experience could could play into it a little bit with uh, some of the girls not haven't been there before, but again, it's all who you're gonna you're gonna play. But I think it's tonight they're playing, correct? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. So yeah, that's gonna be a a, a a big matchup for them. At least they're at home, but uh, you know it stands to reason the longer you stay in, the better teams you're gonna be playing. Yeah, no doubt about that, brother. We thank you so much for the time. Uh, before we let you go, what are some things you're hoping to see from the Tarpons tomorrow against Terrebonne as they'll be taking on the Tigers in non-district play? Uh, just play consistent and, and, and play uh, play baseball. Don't worry about the record, 3-0. You know, don't let that go to your head early on in the season. Just play and try and grind, uh, you know, get out a win on the road because Terrebonne's uh, a pretty good baseball team. And I'm not sure there's talk already that they're ace may not be pitching because he's uh, maybe an injury to his shoulder or a back. Mm. Someone told me today. Not quite sure on that. But uh, regardless, they could still have to be ready to play. And uh, just get consistent. Hopefully they can put together a good start, four, five, six wins, uh, start to the season where they can get some momentum and carry it uh, on when district starts. Very interesting, brother. Thanks so much for the time, man. We'll chat again soon. We'll see you tomorrow, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep, that is Coach Brian Colley doing an excellent job. Interesting. I had not heard those whispers about Lovell with Terrebonne. I'm going to have to maybe make a text message or two to check on him. I'm not concerned about tomorrow's game. Uh, you know, if, yeah, sure, it'd be better for the Tarpons if he doesn't pitch. He's a great player, but I'm more concerned about the young man. I mean, that's a power arm in our area, a guy who is so prolific and so explosive, and we certainly hope that he's able to, to get back uh, because, man, that's a big blow to them if he's not able to get back. Let's catch a break here. It's play-by-play on KLEB. When we get back out of the break, we'll go to Josh Smith with HL Bourgeois. His team has started off the year pretty strong, and we'll talk with him about that and more. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick commercial timeout. Hi. 
My name is Reggie Day. I am running for the Greater Lafourchepore Commission, seat E. I'm number one on the ballot. With 31 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, from the drilling rigs in the Gulf of Mexico to managing one of the largest shore bases in Port Fouchon, I am a proven leader and focused on our future. I humbly ask you, my constituents of the 10th Ward, for your vote on March 25th with early voting beginning March 11th through the 18th. Paid for by the Regular Day Campaign Fund. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Gisler here. We go to the phone lines today for the second time, and we make a trip out to the reservation. We've got Josh Smith, the baseball coach for HL Bourgeois, on the line now. His team is 2-1-1 one, and one in the early portions of the season, fresh off of a tournament out at Plaquemine. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are you? Doing good. Thank you, Casey. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, your team has started out strong. You get the tie against Riverside, then you beat Ascension Catholic, you beat Plaquemine and then lose to Bruley, who's usually very good. So you're sitting in a good spot, bro. Tell us about your first week, some of the things that you liked and some of the things that maybe you didn't like. Well, uh, like you and I talked about pretty much like almost all offseason was if we can throw strikes, we can have a chance to win. 
And that's one thing we've done so far in this first week is we have thrown a ton of strikes and given ourselves the opportunity to win. Uh, against Riverside, if we execute a safety squeeze, we get a fourth run in and we take that game four to three. And a few extra plays we make during Bruley, we could be sitting four and zero. I mean, but with a young team after losing twelve seniors, I'm very happy where we're at because they're going out every day and competing and giving us a shot to win. Coach, tell me about this man. Look in the early portions of the year, the scrimmages and the jamborees, and you know, I was following some of the scores, and they were not going on your end very often. So, uh, did you tweak something or was it just a situation where the kids are playing better because you had a strong first week but maybe didn't have great results in your scrimmages or your jamborees? So, what's changed between now and then? It was figuring things out. Um, Last year, I had 12 guys that started since they were sophomores, so it was pretty easy to figure out a lineup, figure out where we're going to put guys. This year, I think I only returned like four, maybe five guys. It was just figuring things out, tweaking things during the scrimmages and JV uh, Jamboree. And uh, I think we finally figured it out. And then now it's just to be consistent with it. I was asking Chandler this last Friday, and he actually didn't know the answer. So I'm going to ask you, when you have a tie, power rating-wise, what does that do? Does it just go as like a no game? Do you get points off of that? What happens when you tie someone? So looking at the power ratings, it looked like uh, we each both got like 5.5 points. That's what it looks like uh, according to the power rating system. So it's a little funny. Um, I do want to read it up on it some more to see how it's going to affect us when playoff time comes around. But for so far, that's what it looks like. It's like each of us got 5.5 points. And so that's what we're going to stick with, I guess, for right now until I can actually read up on that rule and really figure out what it is. Yeah, that's so interesting, man. It's crazy to see how that, that, that shakes out. Now, this week, you guys have a challenging week. You're going to be playing a couple with Homa Christian, one Tuesday, one Friday, sandwiched in between their road game against Assumption. Uh, tell us about that, man. You guys got three big ones again coming up, and, and two of them are going to be away from the reservation. Yeah, uh, Homa Christian's starting out good with a young team that's 3-1. and one. Uh, Assumption's 3-2. and two. Um, everything I'm hearing, they're, both those teams are heavy, small ball teams, which I know Jamie could do very well, and I know Bush Terrell very well, and they're both, that is both their identity. You know, they, they like to put the pressure on you, they like to make you go and go. But um, I think our guys are ready. We've got a lot of good athletes on our team. Um, but one of the biggest things I'm collecting right now is uh, assumptions a team to be reckoned with. They uh, – I've been told multiple times that they got a shot to run it deep this year, maybe even make it sulfur. And so that's going to be a huge test for us early in the season that I'm really looking forward to to see where we're at and uh, set the bar for us. Coach, everybody in our area is good, man. It's it's absurd. It's crazy. Look, let's look at Lafouche. South Lafouche is 3-0. Central Lafouche takes 2-3 of three from CCA. Thibodeau is started a little slow, but they're playing the best teams in the state at different tournaments. E.D. White sweeps Lafayette Christian. Now let's move to Terrebonne. South Terrebonne sweeps Karen Crow. You guys are 2-1-1. One, one. Terrebonne's had a strong start. We know Vanderbilt's going to have talent. We know CCA's got talent. Homa Christian's played well. And I'm sure I'm forgetting, folks, Ellender's had a strong start to the year. You may- everybody in the area is good, and it feels like everybody's scared. And you touched on assumption a minute ago. Everyone's schedule's going to be good because y'all are playing one another. So those are big PowerPoint games. Every time a local team faces another local team, like there's no easy out. And I know it sounds like a cliche, and it sounds like, oh, man, that's that's coach speak. 
But there truly is no easy out. This area is a baseball area now, and everybody's good. 100% agree. And that's what makes it so fun around here. It's anybody could be anybody any given day because everybody's got guys that can play. And I love it. It's so much fun to play somebody that you know so very well, but nobody knows what's going to happen because we're, every team around here is good. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Um, you mentioned the, the throwing strikes. You guys in your first four games of the year have only allowed 12 runs or 13 runs. That's good work, man. Uh, talk about the kids on the mound and, and some of the things that they're doing well that's pleasing you so far. Um, let's see. Uh, Blake Landry threw against uh, Riverside. Uh, he allowed, uh, I think, three hits in the six innings he threw. Um, not very hard guy, but, I mean, ton of strikes. Going into game two, we had Brody Abra starting the mound, uh, threw a lot of strikes as well. Um, we gave a few runs to Ascension Catholic, which helped him out with those six runs. And then we brought in a sophomore who's never had varsity time, just came in, threw a lot of strikes. And then Trey Doucette against Plaquemine, I, mean, I got to give my hat to him because uh, he, he threw a one-hit shutout, complete game. And then uh, coming on Saturday, Gavin Vordick, who's been a relief for a relief guy the whole year for us. Uh, both times been in HL for us. We decided to put him in a starting spot. He goes five innings. I mean, you can't ask more from guys to do that uh, this early in the season and keep their pitch count low. Yeah, no doubt about that. And look, man, I know you mentioned that you guys helped out Ascension Catholic a little bit, but by and large, has your defense been pretty good other than that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, we've been uh, very solid defensively. I think um, that might have been the game where we made, I think we made like two errors that game, but other than that, it's been less than two errors. So we've been pretty clean with the baseball on the defensive side. Swinging it pretty well, man. Uh, talk about, you know, the offense. What are some things you like? And then where are some areas offensively that you guys are looking to polish up? Um, offensively, uh, we just got to be more consistent. We got to hit more consistent. Um, it's kind of tough to say that after the power surge and everything we had last year. But, um, you know, we just got to be more consistent in the plane, hunting the fastball more, um, be able to go to the opposite field more. I've been drilling that in these kids because in high school, a lot of guys like to throw away, so we got to be able to go to the opposite field. But um, I tell you one thing that we've gotten a lot better at is base running. We stole a lot of runs this past weekend just from uh, being better at base running. Uh, that's one thing I think that goes unseen a lot in baseball. So we practice it a ton to make sure we can maybe run. We might be able to squeak one or two runs but it's very cautious for us to maybe have that happen. Josh, let's talk about this, man. I like to chat with you about just different stuff around the game itself. Um, man, we've we've now seen this MLB pitch clock, and you know the, the hitter's got to be in the box by eight, and the pitcher's got to start their wind-up. Look, man, it, it has sped up the pro games. The, the spring training games over the weekend were like two hours and 30 minutes on average, so that's progress. But there also has been some ugly instances where a game ends on a third strike because a batter's not back in the box. and There have been some strange incidents like that. I don't know, man. What do you make? I'm a little nervous about this. On one hand, it's like, yeah, I see what we're trying to do. But on the other hand, you look and you say the average NFL game is longer than the average MLB game. So like, do we truly need to speed up the game or do we need to bring more entertainment to the game? Like, is that why people say baseball is boring because it's three hours or is it because maybe there's a little bit more downtime and we got to bring some different elements? What are your thoughts with some of these rule changes that we're seeing? I'm the same way as you with it. Um, 
it's uh it's good on one point and then it's good on the uh, it's not good on the other. Uh I don't like the pitch clock thing with in the game one uh strike three uh strike three call with the clock running out. That's kind of a you know, it it felt good in LSU's hands on Friday, but then I'm um, watching the uh Red Sox and Braves and the game ends in the ninth inning and a tie in spring training because it's a strike three call on a time clock. And it's crazy how it works, but uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's the length of the game. I think it's more downtime that there is between uh, pitching changes and things like that, where people get bored with it. And uh, I mean, just I guess bring a little bit more excitement to the game. That'll help it out. But for the new rules, I'm not too much of a uh, too much of a fan as of right now. And the bases they have are, are huge. They're like the size of a pizza box. It's, it's massive how big they are. And I understand it's a safety thing and everything, but I just hope that it doesn't hurt a team come playoff time or close to the playoffs with a strike three because of a time clock or something crazy like that. Yeah, we've got to figure like that game should not be ended on, on infractions like that. I agree. Now, one thing I am excited about is I do think that with the shift being disbanded, we're going to see more base hits which means we're going to see more guys on first, which means we're going to see more guys stealing second. I think that bringing the running game back in is going to be really good, and I think because the shift is going to be no more, we will see more solid hits. You know, It's not going to just be home runs and strikeouts anymore. So I think that's a good thing. But, yeah, like you said a second ago, it's good and bad, and I guess we'll have to wait and see when the season starts. But I'm a little nervous about it. I'm not going to lie. I agree, but I'm I'm right there with you on the shift thing. The shift is definitely going to bring a lot more offense where you won't have guys trying to pull the ball out of the park all the time. You know, they'll be able to get that, that C&I single through that hole by the second baseman now and not have to try and lift everything out of the park. Did you see, Josh, that teams are saying that they're flirting with the idea of, okay, you tell us we have to have all our infielders on the dirt. But you guys didn't say anything about outfielders. So teams are already saying that they'll move their left fielder into the right fielder rover position and then put like the right fielder in right center and the center fielder in left center. Man, like this is a whole lot of work being done just because guys are unwilling to hit the ball the other way, isn't it? I agree. Uh, I did see it. Um, it was, uh, I think it was an interview with the Tampa Bay Rays manager and their very, uh, very big analytical ball club. And, uh, you know, so I did see that. And it's going to be crazy if they do that, which, I mean, it's thinking outside of the box. It's trying to do whatever they can to give their team the extra edge to win. And we do the same thing here in high school. I mean, you know, if we can get a little bit more charts on a few guys and maybe, hey, move the second base or more towards the middle behind second base because the dead pool guy, we're going to do it. I mean, I don't blame them for trying to find a loophole in it because sometimes you got to do it to win. Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. It's all about getting that edge. Brother, we thank you so much for the time. Good luck this week, man. We'll chat soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. That is Coach Josh Smith with HL Bourgeois. I love picking his brain. He's a little younger than me. He's uh, I'm in my mid-30s. He's probably around 30, maybe upper 20s. But he's got a good mind for the game. He loves studying the game. That's the thing. I always go to HL Bourgeois, see him there. We'll just talk baseball. Hey, like, did you see what Manny Machado did? Or how, you know, did you see what Ronald Acuna did? Like, he's always watching and paying attention, and I love chatting just with Ball about those guys because those guys are paying attention. They have such interesting perspectives. And uh, whew, the MLB season, if for nothing else, is going to be interesting because there's a whole lot of different things that are happening, and I don't know how it's going to look once it's implemented, uh, but we're sure going to find out real soon, won't we? It's play-by-play. Play. Let's catch a break when we get back. 
We'll talk about uh, maybe LSU women's basketball, maybe some different things, maybe some college basketball as a whole. Then we've got our W's and L's after that, then our betting picks, then we're out of Dodge. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick commercial timeout. It's Ford Truck Month at Calvin Braxton Ford, now offering 60-month 0.9 APR on all 2022 F-150s with $2,000 off MSRP. Get a great deal on all 2022 Explorers with $2,000 off MSRP. (coughs) The sporty 2022 Ford Edge has $4,000 off MSRP. So now's the time to buy. Test drive one today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 LA1 in Lockport. Big town inventory, small town prices. Offers good till April 3rd. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've got 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, LaRoe, and Thibodeau. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Tri-Parish Police Supplies is a top-of-the-line police, fire, and EMS supply store, as well as a great source for tactical and home defense needs. Uh. Tri-Parish Police Supplies is open to the public Monday through Friday, 9 till 5, and on Saturdays, 10 till 2. So stop in at Tri-Parish Police Supplies on Highway 311 today. For more info, call 985-873-9989. Baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. I had a Sunday yesterday where I really didn't do a whole lot. Went to Raceland and built the newspaper. Got out of there at about 2. And I ain't going to lie, I didn't do nothing the whole rest of the day. Sat around, played video games, watched TV. And one of the things on my watch list yesterday was the LSU women's basketball game as the Tigers played Mississippi State and got a 74-59 to win. 
on senior day, and it was the final day of the regular season for LSU. A um, couple of things that stood out as I was watching that I, I made a note, and I was like, yeah, I need to talk about this tomorrow. A, it's incredible. The revitalization of the LSU women's basketball program in just two years under Kim Mulkey. Three, four, five years ago when we were dead in the middle of the Nikki Fargus fiasco, which never should have happened to begin with, but which was allowed to continue on for four or five years longer than what it should have, there would have been two, 3,000 people in the PMAC for an SEC game and no one would have batted an eye. That's just what attendance was. Four or 5,000 at the most. Yesterday, it was a sellout at the Maravich Assembly Center. Standing room only. Coach Mulkey said in her post-game news conference that they sold more tickets than they have seats in the building and they just told people, all right, just come in and just stand in the aisles. Um, Don't know if that's actually the case or not, but either way, you could see that it was a legitimate sellout. There were three legitimate sellouts in the SEC this season and all three games involved LSU. So they are a hot name brand that is sizzling, that everyone wants to be part of, fans want to be part of, players want to be part of, as evident by the number one recruiting class in the country being inked to sign with the Lady Tigers. So that's the first thing, is just how much they've done in such a short amount of time. And then the second thing is that it almost becomes infuriating, right? Like, yeah, there's this happiness and there's this joy and everybody's so proud and so happy that the Lady Tigers are 27-1. and But for me, there's there then becomes this anger that the program was let waste under Joe Oliva. Joe Oliva was an embarrassment at LSU as an athletic director. Just about every move that he made in the position was a bad move. How he handled adversity, how he handled coaching situations. Joe Oliva introduced a young uh, a gentleman as the softball coach who then the very next day changed his mind and went back to Alabama. So he introduced someone who didn't even end up at LSU. How he handled the Les Miles situation, how he handled the Will Wade situation. We could go on and on and on. Joe Oliva was an embarrassment. But the one thing that really angers me is the fact that during his tenure as athletic director, he virtually just said, hey, I don't care about women's basketball. If they're average, if they're mediocre, if they're middle of the pack, if they're lower half of the pack, to hell with it. I'm not worried about it. And just thought that fans wouldn't mind and wouldn't notice. Ah, they're not going to support women's basketball anyway. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, that's right. They're not going to support women's basketball anyway. Look at the crowds now in the PMAC. This should have always been the standard for LSU women's basketball. Just this should always be the standard for any LSU sport. Your LSU, this idea of, oh, screw it. No one cares. We're going to just be in the middle. No, indeed. This is LSU. If you build it, they will come. Fans turn out in droves and sell out the PMAC for gymnastics. Fans sell out softball at Tiger Park. They sell out Alex Box Stadium on baseball. They sell out Tiger Stadium. If LSU is good at something, 
fans are going to come. They're going to support. They're going to be involved. They're going to be part of what you're doing. The problem with the Oliva era was he didn't want to take the time to invest in certain programs. He was only interested in men's basketball because that's what we did at Duke. He was only interested in football because he knew if he didn't win football, his ass was going to be unemployed. So he just picked and chose a select few sports to care about just to save himself. Whereas Scott Woodward, in my opinion, is doing a better job of nourishing the entire athletic department, and you see it with the way that LSU is playing right now, getting a 74-59 to win, ending the regular season 27-1. and So that leads to the next question. How far can LSU take it this year? I think that there is a possibility, and boy, LSU fans are not going to like me saying this, but I think there's a possibility that LSU actually gets upset pretty early in the tournament. Because I look at the LSU team and I look at the way that they play and I just don't know how tournament sustainable the way that they play is. LSU offensively is a one-trick pony. They get the ball inside. They back down. They power you into the lane. They go try to score in traffic. If they can't score, they try to get the offensive rebound. They had 21 offensive rebounds yesterday compared to just three for Mississippi State. And they get nothing from the outside. Yesterday against Mississippi State, LSU was 0-14 from the three-point line. Didn't make a single three. You look at some of their other games this season, same situation. They really struggle from the three-point line. So it's a Tigers team that, if they run into an opponent that could pack the paint, that could keep them off the glass, that can make it a physical, ugly game where they're playing you know, maybe a tight zone, I could see a world where they get upset by a seven seed in the second round or they get upset by you know, in, in, the, in the third round or the Sweet 16. I could see a world where they don't make it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four like a lot of fans are hoping. But that's short-lived. That's short-lived. You know why? Because this LSU team has got a cavalry, an army coming. When you start talking about players like Michaela Williams, when you start talking about players like the little point guard from New York that's coming, uh, uh, Angelica Velez, uh, Del Rosso, or Rosario, the big post player that's coming, Janae Kent that's coming, and you don't even start talking about it all, like the players that Mulkey's going to get in the portal, but you know she's going to hit that too. The Army is coming. What you see from LSU right now, as great and as dominant as they are, this is actually the low point in terms of talent that they're going to be for the next several years. Angel Reese is a sophomore, y'all. She's got another two years in Baton Rouge. You're about to add Michaela Williams, the number one player in the country. You're about to add the number one point guard in the country. You're about to add some of the top post players in the country to complement Angel Reese. Whereas Mulkey's just been kind of piecing it together, now she's actually building her program and actually building a basketball team. And boy, that's so exciting to see. Pelicans are playing tonight in the blender. They're taking on the Orlando Magic. New Orleans got beat up a couple of times over the weekend. New Orleans is not any good right now. 
I hate to disappoint people. I hate to get people angry with me. New Orleans right now is not very good. They're 10 games below 500 in games that Zion Williamson doesn't play. They've lost four or five over the weekend. They lost 128 to 106 against the Knicks. They're just not very good. The effort has not been very good. You're at home tonight against Orlando, and you're only a four-point favorite. Orlando is not a good basketball team, but you at home are only a four-point favorite. That tells us everything that we need to know about what Las Vegas thinks about this team and maybe what we should think about this team as well. And I'm warning you. I've been warning you here for weeks on the show, but I'm warning you one last time. There's a very real chance, maybe even a better-than-good chance, that this team will not make the playoffs. They're sitting at number 10 right now. They're a half game in front of Portland. They're one game in front of the Lakers. The Lakers have won three in a row since the trade deadline. The Lakers retooled and got better. They got rid of Russell Westbrook. They got D'Angelo Russell. They got Vanderbilt. They got role players now that help them. The Lakers are getting better. The Lakers are going to get into the top 10. Can the Pelicans hold on? That yet remains to be seen. It's going to be a long, tough road for them and it's not going to be easy to stay in that top 10. Let's get to break. When we get back, our W's and L's, it's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Do you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Tri-Parish Police Supplies is a top-of-the-line police, fire, and EMS supply store, as well as a great source for tactical and home defense needs. 
Tri-Parish Police Supplies is open to the public Monday through Friday, 9 till 5, and on Saturdays, 10 till 2. So stop in at Tri-Parish Police Supplies on Highway 311 today. For more info, call 985-873-9989. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. Hope you guys are enjoying your day. we got about a half hour left to spend with you all, and we start off with our W's and L's. This is the segment of the show that, or one of the segments of the show that you guys enjoy the most. Like to hear me, I usually get angry and start yelling and screaming and complaining about things. We may even do that again this time. Our first weekend W. Boy, I hate to do this. It's not a team that I root for. It's not a team that I enjoy having prosperity or that I enjoy having prosperity, rather. Uh, but the Los Angeles Lakers have earned a weekend W. They have made some trades at the trade deadline. They've rested up for the all-star break, and they have gotten a lot better. They have they have played well, and they have gotten a lot better. They're now 29-32. and 32. And they are doing an excellent job. They've won three straight games. Yesterday, they rallied from 20-plus points down, and they beat the Dallas Mavericks. So they get a weekend W. LeBron really likes some of the guys that they have added to their roster. Anthony Davis is back. They get Vanderbilt, you know, D'Angelo Russell. And here's the most important thing that they did. They got rid of Russell Westbrook, and they have done an excellent job and uh, are playing well. They've won three in a row, and they're now firmly in playoff position. A weekend L goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans, on the flip side to that, are not playing well. New Orleans comes into tonight's game with Orlando, and they're really struggling. They have not played well in recent weeks. They've lost three in a row. They lost to the Knicks 128-106 to 106 in their last game. It's the effort with the Pelicans, man. They just, against the Knicks, looked like they were just going through the motions. They were not playing hard. They were not playing competitively. You allow 73 points in the first half of that game. That's just not good enough, man. That's not good enough effort for a team that's fighting for their playoff lives. So they get a weekend L because they're just not doing enough right now, man. Weekend W goes to the University of North Carolina. They get a big win over Virginia. That was a game that could maybe solidify their spot in the NCAA tournament. Great job by the Tar Heels doing a wonderful job beating a top 10 team in a game that they had to have. And they actually made good on one of our weekend predictions, getting a big win over Virginia and taking care of their NCAA tournament bubble opportunities. A weekend L goes to Jake Paul. (laughs) Jake Paul, man, the big celebrity YouTube boxer. Oh, man, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And all of his cronies tell me that he's going to knock out Canelo Alvarez someday. Jake Paul loses to Tyson Fury. No, I didn't say that right, did I? 
Am I am I getting the Fury guys confused? He didn't lose to Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury would kill Jake Paul. He lost to Tommy Fury, Tyson Fury's brother. If he would have fought Tyson Fury, oh my God, we'd be talking about a fatality. Jake Paul lost to Tommy Fury, Tyson's little brother. Tommy's 9-0. and uh, Jake loses his first career professional match. It was a split decision. It should not have been a split decision because Fury beat up Jake Paul throughout the course of the fight. Um, you're not a real boxer, bro. In your career, up until this point, you were 6-0. and You have beaten a guy that no one's ever heard of, Nate Robinson, another YouTuber, a retired UFC guy who's washed up and has a glass chin, a near 50-year-old Anderson Silva, and then now a boxer who's a low-level professional boxer beats you decisively via a split decision. It's over, bro. It's over. You've made a bunch of money. You've gotten over on everybody. Hey, more power to you. It's America. I'm happy that you have solidified your financial future for you and your family. But this idea that you're going to be a prize fighter, that you're going to be fighting for titles, and it's over. So here's what's going to happen next. He did just enough in the fight to convince us that a rematch would be worth watching. He got a knockdown in round eight. It was a split decision. So he could say that, oh, man, I had my moments. I got cheated, whatever it may be. He did just enough to secure another fight with Tommy Fury. He's going to fight Tommy Fury again, probably get beat worse the next time than the first time, and then I just don't know where the market is at that point. Because as I was talking about with Damien, my buddy, privately over the weekend, is the allure of the celebrity boxing match, there's always this little caveat is that, all right, man, that was a cool knockdown of Nate Robinson. That was a cool knockout of Nate Robinson. Could he could he really do that to like an actual fighter? Like could he maybe tag and catch a real boxer and 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 maybe like just maybe like knock out a real guy? Well, once we've seen him fight real guys and know that that's not a possibility, then the whole allure is gone. The whole allure is gone. <laughs> Jake Paul gets a loss. It's fun laughing at Jake Paul because he's pretty arrogant. You're, you're about ready to have your 15 minutes of fame in, brother. It's, it's about to be over. Weekend W goes to Manny Machado for uh, playing the Padres like a fiddle. I don't understand the Manny Machado thing. I don't. He's a good player. Yes, he is. I, I shouldn't say he's a great player. But Manny Machado's never won anything in his career because Manny Machado has openly said that he thinks that playing baseball the quote-unquote right way is the wrong thing to do. Manny Machado has openly said, oh, if there's a opportunity to die for a ball, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like hustling, right, nah, that's not for me. That's not the way I play. And as a result, Manny Machado has never won the World Series. Has never been, you know, really all that deep in the playoffs. Last year, they made a little bit of a run, but more often than not, they're out of it before they're in it. But he yet has found a way to finesse the Padres into giving him a $350 million extension. So Machado will be with the Padres likely for the rest of his career. He's extended for the foreseeable future. He's being paid handsomely to not win. To not win. Isn't that crazy? Like getting life beautiful, in baseball, beautiful game. You got a lot of these guys, man. A lot of these guys have made careers and, and tons and tons of money 
off of playing on losing teams annually. Mike Trout has never really played on a winning team. And I'm not trying to say that Mike Trout's a losing player. I'm just saying it's unique the way the sport of baseball is. If you put LeBron James in his prime on any team, and put him on the Pistons right now, maybe the worst team in the NBA, if you put 28-year-old LeBron on that team, that team's going to make the playoffs. You put Peyton Manning in his prime, Drew Brees in his prime on any NFL team, they're probably not going to win the Super Bowl because you do need a great pass rush and a good defense in the NFL, but they're going to be a terror. They're going to be a nightmare. They're going to be a tough team to face every Sunday. Baseball's just different. You could put Mike Trout on the worst team. You put Mike Trout on the Royals. Ain't going to change nothing. Put Mike Trout on, you know, the Cubs last year. The Cubs weren't any good. Wasn't going to change anything. Baseball's just unique, but yet it's also a sport where we give so much fame and fortune and so much money to these guys who then turn around and don't really affect the bottom line a whole lot. I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. Stephen Jones, the executive vice president of my Dallas Cowboys, gets a weekend L. Because he said in an interview over the weekend, and look, he really probably shouldn't get an L for this, but he kind of is just saying what he has to say. But Stephen Jones said over the weekend that Dak Prescott is a guy that, let me find the exact quote for you so that I don't mistreat the uh, the sentence. Dak Prescott is a guy that can lead the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl in the future. Stephen Jones says, we know him, we know what he's about. I've got all the faith in the world we could win this thing with Dak. Other than he hasn't won some key playoff games, he's everything that you want in a quarterback. From the day he's walked in the door, he's won a lot of games. We just got to get over the hump. Think about that and listen to what he just said there. Other than the fact that he hadn't won anything, like he's every, like outside of the fact that he doesn't win, he's Tom Brady. That's basically what Stephen Jones is saying there. Well, you know, Mr. Jones, and I respect you a lot, and I actually think that you've done an excellent job for the Cowboys organization. I think that you have prevented your dad from making a lot of really poor decisions. You kind of have served as that middleman, that voice of reason. But guess what? That's like me saying that, yeah, when I played youth baseball, I was batting a 1,000 if you don't count all the times that I got out. Oh, yeah, other than he hasn't won some big playoff games, he's everything that you want. Well, here's the thing, Mr. Jones. The thing that I want in a quarterback is a guy who wins big games. Oh, other than that, other than that fact that he loses in all the big games, like he's everything that you want. Give me a break, man. Come on now. All that you want out of that position is a guy who wins big games. Oh, man, that that just... boneheaded, foot-in-the-mouth, dumb thing to say. Weekend W goes to the Chicago Bears. They have announced, well, not announced, but there are rumors and whispers, and there's a story on ESPN.com that says that they are shopping, aggressively shopping, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. They are um, greater than 50-50 to trade the pick away. I think that's a good decision. I don't think the quarterbacks at the top of this draft are needle movers, not enough to get away from Justin Fields. And if you are not going to take a franchise-changing quarterback number one overall, <clears throat> then trade the pick to someone who thinks that Justin uh, that that Bryce Young rather is a franchise-changing quarterback or Anthony Richardson or whoever it may be, and go and get additional draft picks so that you could further build your roster. 
It's a concept that the New Orleans Saints do not believe in, which is the reason why the New Orleans Saints have a hopeless future. They don't believe in kicking the can down the road in terms of playing for the future. They believe in playing for the right now and kicking their debt burden down the road, which is the exact opposite of what that organization should be doing. Good on the Bears for identifying and understanding, hey, if there's no quarterback here that we think is going to change things, let's just trade the pick. Let's go get a couple of linemen, a couple of linebackers, and then let's revisit this later. More organizations should have that same foresight. And L goes to Alabama basketball. I'm beginning to get annoyed with Alabama coach Nate Oates. It's one thing for Alabama coach Nate Oates to defend Brandon Miller and do his whole tirade, which was classless last week, by the way, involving, all right, we learned that Miller distributed the gun, which was used as a murder weapon to his teammate, who's now being charged with murder. We know that, but, uh, you know, he wasn't breaking the law, so he's okay. Like, It's one thing to do that, which was disgusting and despicable in its own right. It's another thing now over the weekend when Brandon Miller is being introduced for the starting lineups and he gets to the end of the line and is being patted down by a teammate. Patted down as if to make fun of the fact that a young lady, Jemiah Janae Harris, got killed. Patting down like, oh, do you have a gun? Hey, let's check. It's one thing to make excuses. It's another thing to then say, oh, I don't watch our introductions, and this is his exact quote. I'm not involved with them. I'm drawing up plays during that time. Regardless, it's not appropriate. It's been addressed. I could assure you it would definitely not happen again for the remainder of the year. You're not sorry that it happened, Nate Oates. You're sorry that you got caught and got axed about it because they've been doing this same introduction, this same pat down, this same crap for more than a month since the murder. How could you not see how classless that is? It's one thing to have this. I'm not going to say the word that I want to say because it may offend people. It's one thing to have this guy on your team and be protecting him because you're insecure and you know that without him, we're not going to win anymore. Because let's be honest, if Brandon Miller's name were... Andre Smith, and he were not a first-round draft pick, and he was not averaging 20 points a game, if he were averaging five points a game, he would already be on the bus back home, kicked off of the team. So it's one thing to protect a guy who is your livelihood and is protecting your ability to win games. It's another thing to be enabling him and then just blatantly poking fun of the situation that happened. Now, I understand that the second side to that story is saying, oh, it's not a gun pat down. They're pretending like they're in the middle of the UFC cage because in the middle of a UFC cage, they do. They rub you down. They check your legs. They check your arms. I don't care about that. Whenever there becomes even so much as a small iota of a thought that you are poking fun at a murder then you stop doing it. And Nate Oates, if you don't see it, 
then you make sure that a manager sees it or that a fan sees it or that an athletic trainer sees it because the fact that your ass let this go on for a month after someone got killed and your player was the guy who pulled the trigger and your star player was the guy who delivered the gun so that your player could pull the trigger, it makes your program look like a mafia. And the fact that Alabama fans are on social media defending this till they're blue in the face shows that their fan base is the most hypocritical fan base that there is. Because these are the same people that when Will Wade was being dragged over the coals, oh, you better fire Will. He's a sleazebag. He's breaking the rules. He's caught on wiretap. You better fire Will. All Will Wade did was pay poor high school kids money to come to their school, something that now is so insignificant that it's allowed to happen. What your coach did was enabled a murder and and allowed an accessory to the murder to roam free and be enabled to do some stupid pat-down during the starting lineups so that the family of this poor woman who got shot and killed has to see this every single time Alabama plays. Shame on you, Nate Oates. Shame on you, Alabama. And shame on you to every imbecile in that fan base that has been trying to defend Nate Oates over the last several weeks. You're disgusting. You're disgusting. A person died, man. I get it. You live in Alabama. There's not a whole lot to do out there. So you worship the university. Everything that the university does is right. But a young woman died, man. Come on, man. There's some things bigger than the elephant that you root for, bro. Give me a break. Oh, I didn't know. I was drawing up a play. You're being paid millions of dollars to know. That's inexcusable. And the fact that those fans have the gall to defend the situation just a year after they were shooting holes at Will Wade, who did nothing even remotely as bad as this, it's hypocrisy, man. You're disgusting. A W goes to Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard went for 71 points last night in a win over the Houston Rockets. Damian Lillard is an all-world scorer, an all-world player, and he's loyal to the city of Portland to a fault. He should have long axed out of there and tried to go chase a championship, but kudos to him for not. Damian Lillard scored 71, one of the best single games in NBA history. Kudos to him. That's a job well done. Uh, Let's see. We've got another L. I'm going to give an L to just the sport of baseball. This pitch count stuff or pitch clock stuff, it's rubbing me the wrong way, man. We saw two games end by a batting violation. The batter's not in the batter's box by the time the pit, like, bro, there needs to be some leniency. There needs to be some sort of warning system there need because look man these guys have played the sport for 30 years a certain way they don't have the muscle memory built to look at a clock they're not wired that way yet so there needs to be some leniency because all this stuff that we're seeing with games ending with the bases loaded and guys are getting struck out without a pitch being that's bad that's bad for the sport that's ugly mama don't like ugly weekend w goes to local baseball everybody's good 
I'll do a whole segment on this tomorrow. Everybody's good. There ain't a bad team in this area. These teams are going to beat up on one another. another. Some are going to rise. Some are going to fall. But everybody in our area on the high school baseball scene is good. It is incredible to see the depth of talent and the amazing list of teams that we have in our area. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll get you some betting picks, then we'll get out of here on play-by-play. The music on the bayou, the rage in Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've got 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated, locations in Homa, LaRoe, and Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in LaRose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We got one more segment of the show. I'm going to give you some betting picks really quick, then we'll get out of here. We thank everybody for listening. I want to thank our sponsors, which are the Blue Boot Foundation, Neo Small Engine, Buzz Off, the only all natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and Community Youth Sports Organizations. And then also Reggie Lede, Greater Lafouche Port Commission Seat E. Um, Today, uh, let me see. I just had the FanDuel app pulled up, and then my screen went black. Today in the NBA, 
I'm going to go Pelicans minus four over Orlando. I just think New Orleans is better than Orlando. I think the Pelicans are struggling. Not think. I know the Pelicans are struggling, but God, dog, you're facing Orlando at home. I think that you'll take care of business there. I also like over 227 in that game. The Pelicans don't guard. Um, so I think that that one's going to go over. And today I like over 217 for the 76ers in the heat. Um, then let's see. College basketball tonight. I like um, North Carolina minus seven over Florida State. The heels look pretty good over the weekend. And give me Baylor and Oklahoma State to go over 140. So I like that one as well on the college basketball slate and on the pro basketball slate. And we wish you all luck. And hopefully everybody will make it happen. We had a big, um, really good Nichols win on Saturday, taking care of business and getting closer to locking down and solidifying some buys. Y'all, next week's play-by-play schedule may be up in the air because I may be out in Lake Charles covering the Southland Conference Tournament. Um, I'm still planning to do the shows, but I may be doing them from a hotel room or from a restaurant out there in Lake Charles, whatever it may be. Uh, We'll figure some things out. But my schedule may be a little bit in limbo, a little bit up in the air as we are adjusting and, and, and adapting to some things that Nichols may be acting on. Get his thoughts on the start to our local high school baseball area. I'm going to try to get Mike Barbel on. His team got off to a strong start to the year, and we'll see what we could do to try to continue to keep the train rolling. You've been listening to Play by Play. This is Casey Gisler wishing you well as we close out the day. Have a great rest of the day, y'all. Be back tomorrow. God bless. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.